Jeff Katz. News Radio WRVA. It is Friday. Oh, it's it. Look, it's not even that I'm upset about it not being Friday Eve. It's just that I am so happy it is Friday. It's Friday, and I'll remind you again and again and again. Yes, we have made it. Congratulations. Self-high fives all the way around. Man, we got so much that we're going to plow through this afternoon. But before I get to any of it, I'm just going to tell you right now. And you know what? If you're with me on the Facebook Live Catch, you can see me wagging my finger at you. I warned you. Tickets for Politics and Pints, Edition 8 with uh, Brian Kilmeade, are going to sell out. And they're going to sell out quickly. And if things are going the way that I've been uh, uh, led to believe from some of the people who, you know, crunch numbers and things of that sort, we could very well sell out by Monday. Gosh, I don't want you to miss out. This is probably going to be the best one ever. I know we say that every single time. And every single time, I feel like, yeah, I think we delivered on that. So if you really... Honest to goodness, do not want to miss out on the next Politics and Pints event happening on March the 20th at the Beacon Theater in Hopewell. Now, I mean right now, 3.05 is the time for you to jump online. Go to WRVA.com, WRVA.com. Click there, get your tickets now so that you can take a nice deep breath and uh, know that you have your tickets for politics and pints. I was at the uh, Richmond Chamber event this morning. Or is it Chamber? No, it's Chamber RVA. Well, you know what I mean. It's the, it's the Richmond Chamber of Commerce is what it is. And a uh, very nice event. It's at the Omni. Wonderful people there. Steph, uh, just an absolute delight. She's kind of, I don't know exactly what her role is, but everybody's got to check with Steph at the Chamber before they do anything. You know what I mean? She's very, 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 and, and a super nice lady. But, uh, the featured speaker today was the president of the Richmond Federal Reserve. And, you know, not, not, not exactly a laugh riot, but then, with the exception of Dr. Dave Bratt, there really are not all that many funny economists out there. But uh, the president of the Richmond Fed said, oh, everything's good. Soft landing. I mean, he seems to think we are all just fine economically. And I thought, well, fan-damn-tastic, because I would like to be okay economically. I really would. I'd like to think, yeah, it's all going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. And so I, I, I listened to him, and I thought, well, you know, he probably knows more than I do, right? He's, he's there at, at the Fed. He's the president of the Richmond Fed. And I thought, well, okay, I mean, I got some notes and, you know, kind of looking at stuff. And then I came home, which is where I work, actually, and I started doing some more research and pulling some more numbers. And I'm thinking, well, I I don't know, maybe, look, I don't think the guy was uh, trying to lie to anybody, but he's painting really a very, very rosy picture. And then I get back here and I'm looking at stuff and I'm thinking, well, it doesn't seem nearly as happy go lucky as as it should be so i'm going to ask dr dave brad dave will be with us at uh 333 and we'll we'll talk all about this again uh president of the richmond fed used the phrase soft landing remember we we've heard that one kicked around for quite a while now quite a while now 
talking about uh, how this uh, economic disaster that is the Biden administration is actually going to all work out. I don't know. Uh, you know, far be it for me to uh, to pass judgment on any of this because uh, just a just a talk show host, you know, merely one of the guys. Uh, we've got uh, my brother from another mother, Stan Andruski, will be here. You know, on Friday, Stan drops by at uh, four thirty-three. Talk a little bit about cars. There's a great story today. I, I, I don't mean to gloat, and you know what? I'm not gloating. I, I'm, and I probably should not even chuckle about it. But there's 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 a fire sale going on with electric vehicles. Ooh. I'm sorry. Let, let me dial that back because that is a bad choice of words when we're talking about electric vehicles. No, no, no. Uh, it's not a fire sale. It is a uh, we'd like to get out of the electric vehicle business sale. Electric vehicles are selling at this point. It's like half price for some of this stuff. And I saw a sign today as I was parking for this uh, uh, Richmond Chamber of Commerce thing. You know, the big sign at the uh, the parking garage was all about these types of electric vehicles that are not allowed to park in the parking deck. Not allowed to park there because of safety concerns. <laughs> okay, I, that's all I'm going to say. I didn't say anything and said, oh, your, your big multi-cylinder internal combustion engine, we don't want that here. I said, hey, come on down. But your your dainty, delicate, battery-powered thing, get out of here. Don't even bring that in here because it could blow up and hurt a lot of people. And I'm hoping, you know, we got the uh, the big uh, Nutsy event coming up. What is it, March the 2nd? The uh, Every year they do a big event, and I always forget what it's called. But Well, it's March the 2nd. That much I remember. I did pay attention to that. That's the important part. But uh, Parney was there at the event. Nice to see him. And uh, son of a gun, I hope he got home because he lost his parking ticket. Honest to goodness, I was in the garage uh, behind him. I'm pulling out. I want to get out of the parking deck, and I'm, I'm behind this, this big, lovely vehicle. And then the door opens. And it's not that I can see him, but of course I can see his pants. And <laughs> I wonder, is he good? He's, nah, just go around, man. I said, well, you need a jump? I got AAA. No, no, no. I I lost my receipt for parking. So I, if you're at the Diamond right now and you're thinking, hey, wasn't Parney due in today? Seriously, wasn't he supposed to be here, you know, now? Isn't there a big meeting? Aren't we going to talk about baseball? Aren't, aren't we going to talk about some sort of nutsy thing going on on, well, uh, you know, March the 2nd? So he may still be there, and uh, he may he may be reaching out to you to grab an Uber, but uh, I, I think he'll be okay. What are some of the things we've got to talk about today besides all of this stuff? Well, today is three years since we lost Rush Limbaugh. Does it seem like that to you? Three years? I I I think back, and I know exactly where I was when there was an announcement, Rush made the announcement, that he had this uh, terminal cancer. Because I was actually sitting in the waiting room at uh, Ortho, Virginia, one of many, many visits to Ortho, 
Virginia. And I remember sitting in this gigantic waiting room, and I wasn't listening to uh, the radio or any apps or anything. I was just sitting there. And all of a sudden, I, I started getting text messages from friends and a uh, number of uh, news alerts because it was uh, just really a matter, a matter of seconds uh, before people were sharing this. And I, I remember reading it, and I, I just thought, wow, well, this just stinks in about six different ways. And now here we are three years later. We still miss Rush, and I, I, I don't mean to be nasty to anybody who is doing a show that airs between noon and 3 Eastern, but there's just nobody, nobody who is going to take the place of Rush Limbaugh. I mean, you may do a program that airs at the same time as his program did, but uh, you are not going to take his place. And you have to wonder... Honestly, is there a future, right? There was always so much attention trying to get Rush Limbaugh off the air, have him silenced. And he's been gone now three years. Let me tell you something. It's a battle. It's a battle every single day for conservative media to stay strong and secure. I'm hoping that we're able to continue for a while. Because I don't think we've ever been needed more. I don't think we've ever seen bigger threats to our nation from inside our nation. So I, I, I just I just wanted to pause for a second. Remember Rush a little bit. You can think back on some of your uh, your times, your experiences listening to him. Uh, without question, without question, the uh, the best talk radio personality in history. And uh, numbers two and three and four are are really, really good, in my opinion. And I I got a Mount Rushmore of them, but there's always going to be number one. And number one, I I don't care how long he's gone, number one is always going to be Rush. All right, uh, we do have Dr. Dave Bratt coming up in just shy of 20 minutes. I want to hear his reaction. I'll share with him some of the things that uh, I heard this morning at this uh, this big breakfast meeting with the uh, president of the Richmond Fed, who said, as I interpret it, hey, it's all good not to worry about it. Everything's just moving along. Just keep keep smiling, kids. All right. Uh, 314, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Three twenty-one, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. It's it's oh man, what can I tell you? Uh, three years, three years ago, we lost Rush, and you know what's bizarre is that uh, my city was gone by the Pretenders. That that was Rush Limbaugh's theme song, and I don't remember. There's probably was there a dust up with Chrissy Hines saying, "Oh, don't play that," or something. I, I I don't know. I, I don't remember, but. That song completely and totally transcended anything the Pretenders did. And I love the Pretenders. I love Chrissy Hine. It's great music. But but that particular song, that was the Rush Limbaugh theme. And quite frankly, three years now past the day that he passed away, it's still Rush Limbaugh's theme song. I'd say it always will be. Always, always, always will be. All right, uh, there's a couple of things that are breaking, and this one is a very bizarre thing, but it's kind of a pop culture thing you need to know about. Uh, If you are familiar 
with uh, Vince McMahon, and you know these uh, awful, awful charges uh, that have been leveled against him. There's, there's allegedly these uh, text messages, and I've read them, and, and they're, they're awful. And there's a, there's a former WWF employee, uh, Ashley Massaro, who has just come out uh, today and said, hey, uh, you should know. Here's what happened to me. Here's what uh, Vince McMahon did to me when I was with the company. And here's how he destroyed my career and my reputation. Wow. I don't know what happens. It's a bizarre thing simply because of this. This is the first time in the history of organized professional wrestling... Call it sports entertainment if you want. That's the the name that uh, Vince McMahon came up with. But uh, in the world of professional wrestling, first time ever in the history of this business in the last 100-plus years that there's not a McMahon family member involved. I mean, an actual McMahon. His son-in-law is involved, but there's nobody named McMahon. And it is the first time in the in the modern history of this business. And the business grew out of the carnival. People don't necessarily know that or understand that, but that's where it came from. And uh, it was his uh, his grandfather, Jess McMahon, who took it from the carnival and the sideshow and started promoting that along with boxing. And then uh, his father, Vincent J. McMahon, is the one who... I just brought it into a Madison Square Garden, as an example, and then bigger venues. So it's it, it's really sad. At least it is to me to see what's happening as we speak. And uh, it could be that, uh, as the uh, the epithet is written, thing related to Vince McMahon and his contributions, which were huge, will be excised from. The WWE, they may just never mention them again. It's a little bit like the Soviet Union in history. You know, they go in, they race people, they take things away. Speaking of the old Soviet Union, you know, Vladimir Putin, and let's not kid ourselves, we can talk about Russia. Vladimir Putin's a KGB guy, always has been, and uh, he would like to put the band back together. You know that, and I know that. That's what his real mission is. Uh, Alexei Navalny winds up dead, 47 years of age. Oh, it was a blood clot. Sure it was. Was it a blood clot uh, that he received from his latest beating about the head and neck? I have to assume so. And and while I never met Alexei Navalny, Harry met Alexei Navalny, my my oldest boy. Why? Because his daughter, one of his daughters, is a student out at Stanford. So there's there's some, I mean, it's not like they're buddies. And I I don't, I think they were friends. Think, if I recall correctly, I believe they were friends, but I I, I don't uh, recall any details. Okay, oh, Dale is sending me a note. Hey, Jeff, Chrissy Hind actually told Rush Limbaugh she was happy that he was using her song because her dad had just passed away, and he was a huge Rush Limbaugh fan. Oh, my gosh, that is so nice to hear. That's so much better uh, than some of the... uh, Musical types who decide that, uh, well, 
you can't use that because I don't like your point of view. Quick reminder, look, I know people are with me on the uh, the Facebook Live Cats, but if you're not, I just want to remind you, on Friday, the certain things that I do, I always wear red, R-E-D, remember everyone deployed, started by a couple of Marine moms a few years back, just to remind all of us about the young men and women who are uh, serving all over the world, protecting us. Uh, I uh, always try and wear my Peppa Pig hat because, let's face it, nothing says Friday like a little dose of Peppa Pig. you got a couple of moments here. I would urge you to use them uh, constructively. Go to WRVA.com. Get your tickets for politics and pints before they're all gone. We are on track to sell this thing out in record time, and I just don't want you to miss out. Dr. Dave Bratt joins me in a few moments. We'll find out if there really is a, quote, soft landing coming our way. 327, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 33, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Not that I should expect anything else from uh, ABC News. Uh, you notice they didn't mention that that poor Fannie Willis? God, why Why not? Did you watch any of that? Talk about an embarrassment. What an absolutely, positively appalling, disgusting performance. Lying to the court. If she is not disbarred then uh, we will all know what I suppose many of us have suspected, that, uh, well, the the, the fix is it. Anyway, uh, this morning I was at a uh, Chamber RVA event downtown, lovely little get-together, and the president of the Richmond Fed was the guest speaker. And I guess he's a nice guy. I have no idea. I didn't get to meet him. Uh, well, I didn't ask to meet him, but that's another story, right? I, I just listened to him, and, and fundamentally, and I am paraphrasing a little bit, but fundamentally said, hey, everything is great. We're all good here. Let's just keep moving, you know. It's uh, it's just uh, soft landing. I heard that. Soft landing. Well, uh, I, I don't know if any of that uh, is going to hit anywhere close to what my friend Dr. Dave Bratt from Liberty University uh, might have as an observation. You know, Dave is on Getter, uh, Brad Economics on Getter, and, and all he talks about is economics. I just want to be very clear. There's nothing political. It is all economic, and he's not here on behalf of the college or anything else, but boy, oh boy, is he spot on in so much of this. Dave, good afternoon, sir. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Great to be on. Oh, it's good to have you here, and I am, I'm going to ask you to weigh in, I hope you don't mind, uh, on what the president of the Richmond Fed told us all this morning, which was fundamentally, hey, it all looks good from here. No, well, that, you know, that's great, because that's exactly what Ben Bernanke, the chairman of the, of the entire Federal Reserve System, said uh, the month before the 0708 financial crisis. Oh, fantastic. How's everything going, Chairman? How's the real estate market? Seems like there's a little bubble in there, maybe. Nope, everything's strong as can be. It's great. Oh. And then uh, your stocks and bonds went down 45%. And on the, uh, on the soft landing, yeah, it's a soft landing after you created a disaster. And stock prices, right, the shilling stock index, shilling's a Nobel Yale economist. Right. And, you know, he's no right winger. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, go Google that. This, the stock market's still 30, 35% overvalued, which means there's a huge bubble sitting there. It's all coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other famous Yardini and some of these guys' names, 
these famous economists that have called the uh, the black swan events in the past say it's not a black swan anymore. It's a white swan. It's staring us right in the face. You can't be $34 trillion in debt uh, with 1.5% productivity growth for the next 20 years and tell me everything's fine and dandy, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a disaster lurking. Uh, the government keeps spending and borrowing from the kids uh, to just prolong the agony, but that, that deepens the degree of the, uh, the cavern and ditch we're going to eventually hit. And so, yeah, these Fed guys, they're just incredible. And, and when they say everything's okay, they mean everything's okay for the Magnificent Seven, right? The richest guys in the world. Their stocks are going up. The top seven stocks are driving the entire stock market. The stock market's going up. The top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world own 90% of all the stocks and bonds and pensions. Mm-hmm. I, I wish they would have the nerve to say the average American is doing great, right? If you ever interview them, say, how's the average American do? If they fill in that sentence, uh, they'll be run out of their job if they say everything's going fine and dandy. Well, you know, he he also he had a, well he had a couple of interesting metaphors. One of them was uh, <laughs> we're all in an airplane, and and we can see we can see the airport from the airplane, and this is where the soft nice. landing came. And he says it it should be a soft landing. Now, of course, it could be bumpy, and I'm thinking, well, it's either black or white. It's up or down. I don't I don't know how you you know. <laughs> Pick one. I don't care which one. Just pick one and be consistent about it, for goodness sakes. Yeah, no, well, by the, by their own metrics, it's a soft landing, right? Inflation has come down. Uh, but what they don't tell people and what the American people do not get is when we say you lost, you know, 20% of your purchasing power, right? The dollar has lost 20% of its purchasing power in the past four years. And so... That doesn't mean the money in your wallet. That means all the Chinese and Indians and uh, Brazilians and whatever who own our treasuries, they lost 20%. All the money in your savings account, you lost 20%. All the money in your retirement, if you take it out today, guess what? Compared to four uh, four years ago, right. you can buy 20% less house, 20% less Big Macs, 20% of whatever you like to buy. You get one-fifth less. Because the Federal Reserve crushed your dollar through inflation by printing too much money and kept interest rates at zero percent for a decade, unheard of. Mm-hmm. And so, for them to come in and say, after we ruined the economy, we're getting back to a point where there's only four percent, you know, inflation, which is still too high. That means prices are still going up four yep. percent. They went up ten percent. Then they went up five percent. Then they went up five percent. That's up twenty percent. Nowhere in that story did prices come down, right? There's nowhere the inflation came down, but an inflation rate of four, the core rate now means your prices are still going up 4% more per year after 20% up. And and no one ever tells you that. Well, I I was sort of taking notes. He had another one. Now, he mentioned some. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. You just like teeing me up. You just like getting me excited. I do, because I just sat there and I thought, I've never even heard of this. And he he had one. Like, I've heard uh, CPI, right? Consumer Price Index. Yeah. Gross domestic product and and, and all this. So, you know, even, even a regular schnook like me, I know what those are. He mentioned yeah. some other magical uh, set of letters, and he said, you know, that's the one we really look at. Is there one they yeah. really look at? 
I don't know. They got CPI core, regular CPI, GDP deflator. I don't care what they're looking at. Okay, good. So inflation came from 9% down to 3%. Yeah. They have trimmed M2, right? That's the money supply. Okay. You can go Google. The, the, their database is called FRED. If you type in FRED, F-R-E-D mm-hmm. space M2, you'll okay. see the money supply has gone down. Good for them. Okay, that's what they should have done. They shouldn't have ruined our economy uh, 20 years ago okay. uh, up until this date. But now it's coordinated, right? There's a political business cycle. So the Fed is tightened because, and all the political views are just my own, yes. the most damaging thing to Biden in the election is inflation. People do not understand the debt the, mm-hmm. and the deficits and all that, right? That And, and the, the low-quality education of their kids. They should be upset at all of it. The thing they're upset about is when bacon and eggs and gasoline go up in their pocketbook, right? Yeah. And so it, it, it doesn't matter what tune these guys are singing. The American people are very upset. And so now the government, right, not the Federal Reserve, comes in with to the rescue with $2.5 trillion deficit spending oh. to keep the charade going, right? So the Federal Reserve started behaving, uh, but they're coordinated, right? The, if, the, if the government goes into debt, the Federal Reserve has to accommodate all that debt by printing more money. And so when Powell the other week says, well, I wish these guys would pay attention to fiscal policy a little bit more. You know, I, I'm not supposed to say that, but, you know, I'm being courageous. I'm being courageous here by bringing up fiscal policy. Hey, brother, you just validated $20 trillion in debt. Do you think we're stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we're the, now you're talking about the 20% less purchasing power. That is, that is, yep. that is a huge, huge blow. Uh, I remind everybody, Dr. Dave Brad is joining us. He, uh, former member of Congress, professor of economics, uh, dean of the business school out at Liberty University. Now he's the uh, the deputy provost at uh, Liberty University, strictly here, speaking about economics. All the opinions yep. are his own, not speaking on behalf of anybody. But he did tell me, Dave, that uh, wages are up, that, that wages are up 5%. And... I don't know about you. Maybe Liberty is more generous. I sure haven't seen a 5% salary increase in <laughs> I couldn't tell you when. Right. Well, <laughs> these guys are all clever. Wages, I think, were up four point something, brother. Oh. The core inflation still four. So that means real wages are up zero. Jeez. Right. Nowhere will they tell you your real wage rate for the American people is going up. Right. And they sure won't tell you over a four-year span uh, when you had uh, purchasing power down 20%, that your real wages are up over those four years, right? So everyone's just playing with numbers. Uh, you just call up 100 people out of the phone book and say, how's your real life experience with the economy right now? Right. And 75% say it's a disaster. Yeah. And the 25% live on Mars or somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 honest to goodness, Dave, I, I've got this one Wawa station. It's uh, the intersection of uh, Route One and Route Fifty Four here in Ashland, and you, know yeah, it, yeah, oh right? yeah, you used to best, yep. So, th- so that has yep. become my official gasoline benchmark. Good. I don't necessarily bu- buy my gas there all the time, but I figure yep. it's consistent. So, it is up. 
36 cents in a matter, I don't even think it's two weeks that it's gone up. I have to go back and look at some of my uh, chicken scratch. So, yeah. so right away, anybody who has to get to a job, God forbid you drive a pickup truck and you've got you know material in the back, uh, this is yep. a huge blow on top of that 20% cut you were talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is amazing, right? I mean, I mean, gasoline isn't one of the bigger items in the the market basket, but oh. for some reason, you, you, you know, when you pay your taxes, they're hidden, yeah. right? At the end of the year, you see how much you paid, but they just mysteriously disappear from your check. Yep. Uh, but that gas pump, you got to pull up and just sit there and look at that money indicator going up, right? Rolling one dollar, two dollar, three dollar, four, <laughs> and it's just painful. And so, you know, that's a good metric. But the metric that should concern us is that our, our productivity and your income, your GDP per capita, has been falling for the past 60 years. So this is not some new conspiracy. Right. This has been a long run. The American people uh, have not been productive. Uh, the government is keeping us from being productive. And we need to throw off the shackles of this giant federal government. Yeah. And another thing the giant federal government guy said earlier, uh, he was talking about that whole market cap thing, as I recall, because you talked about that and how much we're putting in industry and machinery and the rest of it. And, and yeah. he was, again, I don't I don't want to take him out of context, but it sure seemed to me like he was really happy with uh, that 2%-ish number. And and you, I mean, you talk about other nations and what they're putting into the infrastructure. We're not even in the same ballpark, are we? No, no, I I, I know they they can have little blips here and there. CBO, Congressional Budget Office, the boring people, and this is good. This is without any wars coming up, which uh, depending on how we vote and if we get somebody rational in, uh, all of a sudden we're in multiple wars all over the place. Hello, okay, voters, are you paying attention? Yep. And so, yeah, th- those those little blips you're talking about, they, they can find some data series that may look like manufacturing's going up a little bit or whatever. But China has got $100 trillion worth of capital to work with. The United States of America only has $70 trillion worth of capital to work with. Our savings rate is 15 to 20%. China's savings rate is 40% because they're a communist totalitarian regime they can right. force it yeah. which is not good right. uh, but it the, the shocking stat is that our government is bigger than china's government sector oh, right they God. run a totalitarian surveillance state off 14 percent right their government share of the economy is 14 percent right the united states of america government shares 18 percent of our economy wow. uh, right and so it only takes 14 percent to have total control over all your people Right, they control whether their kids can go to college, whether you yep. can buy a car. If you don't that's, behave, that's right. they have a social credit score. Yep. Our Federal Reserve system right now is running pilot tests on a national, you know, uh, digital currency. Yeah. And uh, guess what the project there is to have a a, a control system uh, at the federal level for all of your money. And so, if that thing goes through, uh, it's going to be a sad day in America. Now, what what would happen with that? I, I, I sit here and I think, okay, um, I've got cash in my wallet. I don't have a huge amount, but I've always got some cash yeah. in my wallet. I, uh, I've got 
a couple of cards. I, I pay them off at the end of the month. I don't want to owe anybody, and 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 we we do our best uh, between yeah. two boys in college and Julia, who's disabled. Man, there's not a lot of discretionary discretionary to begin with, but uh, you know, we just try and live within our means. So I'm trying to figure out number one, why is everybody sending me uh, applications for new credit cards, and number two, if we do go to quote a digital currency, does that mean that yeah. my wallet is just empty at that i mean what what happens no you get a digital wallet and the digital wallet is very efficient and so they're going to make a case that hey you know why do you use this cash and checks and all this kind of stuff and you know every check you write clears to the federal reserve bank right so you know let's just make it a you know a a central bank digital currency central bank is the key word central planning anybody heard of Karl marx (laughs) right so central planning never a good thing so that is more efficient but the day will come when the federal government, I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, the federal government would ever do lawfare against, you know, a president of the United States and Never. have eight court no. cases going on simultaneously a month before the, you know, the Super Tuesday, right? Yeah, no. I mean, that couldn't happen. Certainly. So, you know, if they can't go against the president of the United States, they certainly are not going to come after you, Good right? Point. I mean, yes. There, there's no one you know that's been canceled from ma- major media platforms. The FBI and the CIA are squeaky clean Boy Scouts. You know everybody knows this, and so you know the idea of a central bank digital currency sounds far fetched, but you know just tongue in cheek, all, yeah. all humor is my own. <laughs> Well, uh, there are many of us who are laughing and cringing, and, and I don't know whether yeah, to laugh or I cry, but... Uh, I know. Oh, my God, Dave, you were just so, yeah. so so close to this on everything. So I, I want to remind everybody, probably the best way to follow what you do, and I remind again and again and again, all the opinions of Dave Bratt, Getter uh, is where you're going to find him, Brad Economics, talking strictly about economics, man. There's nothing besides that. And given the world of economics at this point, it's just vital, vital information. I always love you coming on here. I just have to say that in front of everybody. You are you are just so rock solid and, and so informative. And even if you don't mean to be, you're very entertaining. I can see why your students <laughs> used to love you as a professor. <laughs> I love my students too. Yeah. yeah, and just to throw a little more humor at you. Oh boy. Uh the the old Hebrew scriptures, you might be familiar with some of those. It, yeah. it, it only took 3 chapters for human nature to fall, right? Mm. The uh, snake and the apple Genesis 3. Yes. And then old James Madison separated powers uh, in our form of government. Yeah. And and that is just key right now, right? The separation of powers, the executive, the judicial, the congressional, everything's going to the executive. And uh, so that that's just Madisonian uh, logic in the Constitution. All you young people, if you don't know what Madisonian means, get on it right now. Look it up and figure it out, uh, because that is the key to saving this republic for you. I, boy, as always, uh, you're you're spot on, Dave. I appreciate you being here. I want you to have a blessed weekend, my brother, and I, I look forward to chatting again soon. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Jeff. Great Thank show. You. Keep it up. Thank you, my you friend. Bet. That is uh, Dr. Dave Bratt. Uh, just here to tell you, uh, he's like three of the smartest guys that I know, and he is speaking about economic issues. Now, he talks about Madisonian. Yeah, you got to look at that. I'm going to do one more. Go take a look at John Locke. If you haven't, re- and, and, and listen, the, the treatises are not exactly, oh, I'm going to the beach, I'll sit here, I'll read this, and, and I'll be good. But 
you got to know where this stuff came from and 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 then put it into uh to context uh with uh, with Mr. Madison. It is uh, Jeff Katz News Radio WRBA. For Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Oh, by the way, you're stuck with me entirely this afternoon. <sighs> yeah, you know, it's one of those days. One of those days we had, uh, I know, a couple of <laughs> a couple of folks were supposed to be joining us later. You know, we do try and get the best, uh, the best guests to join me to try and raise my own personal uh, level of mediocrity. But uh, uh, guess what? It's just me for the rest of the program, and I'm hoping that you will be able to uh, endure that and, uh, who knows, maybe even enjoy it a little bit. I'm going to tell you, you are going to enjoy Politics and Pints, our eighth iteration of Politics and Pints. March the 20th. I don't know why I was, I was going to say February the 20th, and then everybody's going to go, oh my God, I can't believe No, it's, it's March the 20th. It's Wednesday, the uh, Beacon Theater in Hopewell. And if we continue tracking the way we're tracking, uh, this thing could be sold out by Monday. I know you always think, well, you're just lecturing us. There's always plenty of tickets. There's not always plenty of tickets. I'm hoping that, that after all these years, you think, well, okay, we know Jeff. Eh, maybe we like him. Maybe we don't. I, and, and, and no offense, I don't really care. But... But but he does he does tell us the truth and and the way this is tracking we could very well be sold out uh, completely and totally by Monday. So you've been thinking about it. Stop thinking about it and actually act. Go online wrva.com wrva.com. It's the only place to get your tickets. They're not on any other outlet, no other platform. There's no walkups. You got to get them now. Wrva.com. All right. I want to take a couple of moments, since it is just me, and I, 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 I want to share with you, number one, number one, the Chronic Care of Richmond text line, which is always available to you, 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. And I do want to remind you that Politics and Pints, presented by Chronic Care of Richmond, and uh, Better Floors is our red carpet uh, provider and sponsor. Richmond Office Interiors, Coletti, all sorts of good things. And I also want to let you know that today is a day that I haven't heard mentioned anywhere in the news. And it is three years ago that Rush Limbaugh passed away. I don't think any of us... Uh, sit here and say, well, you know, all I want to talk about is dead people. Oh, let's talk about the anniversary of this death, the anniversary of that death, right? There comes a point where most of us understand, well, you know, for the for the family of the person who passed away, it, it's a big day. But for the general public, probably not so much. Then we get into people who are a little more uh, prominent, uh, more famous, more, uh, they're, they're, they're better known. And then there are people who observe those days, and they report on them. Well, five years ago, so-and-so died. And I haven't heard anything mentioned about Rush Limbaugh. And it is, it is a little shocking to me, given that this is a talk radio station. And were it not for Rush Limbaugh, this would not be a talk radio station. 
WRVA is coming up on 100 years. Well, it's a pretty long time. It's a major milestone. Very few radio stations with uh, that sort of staying power. And and there have been times throughout the years that you know the station played music, it did what we used to call full service, which was they played really bad music, and then they had sort of inane talk, right? I mean, it, it, it's all happened in the last hundred years. But for 30-plus years, Rush Limbaugh changed the radio landscape. Rush Limbaugh started, as many of you know, and I'm just going to share some of the story. Rush Limbaugh didn't go to college for any amount of time. I mean, he went for a period of time, didn't do particularly well, bounced around, had a whole slew of different jobs. Depending on who you uh, have listened to, you know, there's, there's a guy who, oh, I was his roommate in Pittsburgh, and whatever, I, I don't know. But sort of cut his teeth in radio, it always loved radio, but cut his teeth in radio playing terrible music, right? But what it did was to hone his, his timing. Because back in the day... Uh, music radio involved a lot of personality. Hasn't been that way in a long time, right? It's it's just not the same. And that's okay. I mean, again, things evolve, they change. But for Limbaugh, it gave him a sense of timing and delivery, provided him with an innate understanding of attention span, A tremendous grounding in radio formatics. This is the challenge for anybody who comes into radio who's not actually a radio person. There's just no understanding of the actual formatics. And in many cases, the formatics of radio are ignored or they're downplayed. And Rush did exactly the opposite. He said, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to talk about this and this because I want you to listen for so long and then I want you to listen to this obscene profit center, right? We have to pay the bills. He was always up front with you, wasn't he? He didn't lie about any of that stuff. There's an old uh, radio adage. Well, you're not going away. Don't say you're coming back because if you're saying you're coming back, then that means you went away just uh, after this or this or that. Okay. Uh, Rush said, hey, uh, we're going to talk for X number of minutes here. And and, and, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. And that's called clock maintenance. Hey, we, we all live according to this clock. We all get to, well, at least on this end, we all get to pay our bills according to that. It's a business. Good business, bad business, fun business, not fun, whatever it is, it's a business. And Rush Limbaugh shared that with Everyone who listened, he was upfront. He was honest. He pulled the curtain back on a lot of stuff that was hidden, and and frankly, to this day, remains hidden. A lot of places in the music realm, God, it's it's always sunny and seventy three degrees, right? It's always a great day. 
But in the world of talk radio, it's not always a great day. Now, there was a time when, quote, talk radio was an exchange of recipes and, and, and pleasantry. Oh, it's, it was 73 and sunny, even though you were looking at a foot of snow. And so Rush Limbaugh changed all of that. And Rush Limbaugh had, Limbaugh had a degree of success doing talk at a local station. And guess what? There were people there who said to him, you shouldn't be talking about these, these national political issues. Nobody cares. Huh? What? You look what happened. And so it just seems to me as a broadcaster, as an actual radio guy, I need to mention these things. I I need to remind you that the greatest broadcaster ever, my opinion, died three years ago. And and this medium has, has been the poorer for it. And it is not insulting on any level to say that nobody's ever going to take his place. From my perspective, it is evocative of Mr. Limbaugh to simply tell you the truth. There are lots of people who now have radio programs airing between noon and three Eastern. And none of them. In fact, not all of them together will ever replace Rush Limbaugh. They might be airing in the same time slot, but they're not going to replace him. They're not taking his place. And so I I just wanted to share that with you. I'm I'm going to share one or two other thoughts as well, believe it or not, related to this. Give you a little peek behind the curtain when we talk about radio and talk radio. Because there's something very unique about this product. Quick reminder to you. I've got everything, and I mean everything that we talk about. I always stick up on the Facebook page, The Jeff Cat Show, over on Facebook, The Jeff Cat Show, over on Facebook. If you don't mind, give that a give that a like, give it a follow uh, while you're online, The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook. And I would take a second or or three and go to wrva.com to get yourself your tickets for Politics and Pints, presented by Chronic Care of Richmond. We are on track as we speak to sell this puppy out, like, by Monday. So, you want to come? We'd love to have you there. We really would. It's always a great time. we got Brian Kilmeade coming in this time as our super special guest. Uh, but the tickets are getting harder and harder to get as the minutes flow by. Only place to get them, WRVA.com. 415, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Friday. Oh, yes, we have made it. Congratulations. Self-high fives all the way around. And I I feel compelled as the uh, longest-serving talk radio personality in uh, Central Virginia now uh, to pay tribute and remember the late, great Rush Limbaugh and to talk about how he has impacted all of us, how he did impact. I, you notice I didn't say it in the past tense. I didn't say how he had impacted all of us. I said how he has impacted all of us. Because I think his, his influence is still felt today. 
any one of us who sits down in front of a microphone in 2024 and participates in, quote, talk radio owes a debt to Rush Limbaugh. He transformed the medium. He saved the AM band. And you will notice the attacks on the AM band, right? We, 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 we talked about him quite a bit. Trying to take AM radio out of cars. Why is that? Well, they interfere with, uh, you know, the, the, the Johnson rod. And they can't, ah, baloney. I'll tell you why. Because you can't shut down AM radio. That's why. Can't shut it down. And, and it has this amazing ability to travel. And you're not dependent on very much in the way of the middlemen. And that's why the attacks on it are getting more and more pronounced. What talk radio is today, because of Rush, is in many ways a very dangerous medium. It's dangerous to people who have power, for people who want to seize power, for people who want to control what's going on. If you don't think Joe Biden and the people who control him would like to shut down talk radio, you got another thing coming. They would love to shut it down. Now, if you go back into the Stone Ages of talk radio prior to Rush, uh, there'd be nobody anxious to shut it down because nobody said anything of any great value. It was always 73 and sunny, and here's another cookie recipe. Well, now it's different. Now it's different. All right, if you want to uh, shoot me a note, by the way, I'd love to see your your thoughts as uh, we, we kind of remember Rush. 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. That's the Chronic Care of Richmond text line here on News Radio WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is Friday. Yeah, you're darn right it is. Congratulations. We have made it. Self high fives all the way around. Politics and Pints, round number eight, March the 20th. The Beacon Theater in Hopewell. It is tracking right now to sell out by Monday. Uh, I don't want you to miss out. I, I, I know I've told you for how many years now? Five years? That we've been doing this? That, uh, well, anyway. I'm, I, I, it's like a Joe Biden thing. Well, anyway, but you got to get your tickets. Simple as that. Go to WRVA.com, WRVA.com. I don't want you to miss out. We've got the tickets right now. Get them while we got them. Politics and Pints presented by Chronic Care of Richmond, Red Carpet Sponsor, Better Floors. Uh, we've got... Uh, my friends, Richmond Office Interiors taking care of everything uh, on the stage. Coletti is part of this. we got a lot of good stuff going on. And I just want to make sure that uh, you don't miss your chance to come and join us. All right, Brian Kilmeade's coming to town for this one. And it, it'll be a great time. It really, really will. Uh, coming in on the uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line, 833-804-1140. Jeff, I remember the Rush broadcast when he explained how the Pretender song became his theme. Check it out. It is a classic. All right. I will uh, absolutely take a look at that. Karen says, Jeff, thank you for remembering Rush. It's never mentioned anywhere else by the media. 
including the newspapers today in history section. Well, I think in many ways that's because the newspaper itself belongs in its own uh, today in history section. You know, like back when people were... were It's it just things are changing. Things are changing. They're always changing, I know. But they're, they're, the whole media landscape is, uh, is definitely changing. And we've had a good run, right? And with talk radio. It's always been under attack. It really has. It's been under attack for years, years. And uh, my, my fervent hope is that it, uh, it continues uh, to bloom and blossom and uh, get all sorts of things out. Uh, coming from New York, the, um, the judge up there said that uh, Donald Trump and his sons are guilty of, what, what is it, as a fraud they're calling? I think they're calling it fraud. 92-page ruling from this judge. And a fine of uh, three hundred and forty some odd million dollars. Okay, well, let me know when you collect that. That 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 would be the first thing. And you make no mistake about this. This is this is just this is election interference. I don't care if you do hate Trump, and there are plenty of people who hate Trump, and you may be one of those people. But here's the reality of what's going on. This is pure, flat out election interference. These legal activities directed at former President Trump are nothing short of election interference. And it is designed to keep you from voting for former President Trump. And all you need to do right now, take a look at uh, polling. And I'm always leery of polling. Particularly polling as relates to Donald Trump because he always underperforms the polls. But he's got massive leads everywhere. And and the left is very, very scared. They're very scared of this. Kansas City Shooters, has anybody heard anything about him recently? And I'm wondering if uh, they're simply going to be part of the, uh, like, the Wayback Machine, you know? Oh, we, we, we forgot what happened to him. Why? Because they don't fit the uh, carefully pre-scripted narrative that the legacy media and the, uh, the, the left-wingers have created. Believe me when I tell you, if, in fact, the shooters in Kansas City were wearing Make America Great Again hats or Donald Trump T-shirts or had just, oh, I don't know, been a Republican at one point in their life, they wouldn't even have to be current Republicans. Well, you know, their basis in Republicanism, right? You know that would have been the story. It would have been over and over and over and over. It would have been nonstop and incessant. But apparently, well, just not working out that way. I came across a letter to the editor. Did you know that Style Weekly is still around? Right, Style Weekly for years was a great newspaper. Well, it was alternative and I, I left-wing ideology, what have you. But I thought they did some really cool stuff. And, you know, I uh, did the... Uh, uh, a column over there, guest column on a regular basis on their back page. So I always liked Style Weekly. And now it's online. Well, they still have letters to the editor. And I read one today entitled Calling Out Hate. And I- I've got to share it with you. It says to the editor of Style Weekly and the leadership of Studio 23. I'm writing today in response to the opinion piece, The Artist's Voice, published on January 28th. As a board member of the Jewish Community Federation of Richmond and the chair of its Jewish Community Relations Committee, I feel compelled to respond to the false and anti-Semitic tropes that Studio 23 has expressed. Growing up in a family of artists, 
I am acutely aware of an artist's right for creative expression. However, when that expression includes falsehoods, incites division and hate, it must be challenged. The war between Israel and Hamas is a response to the brutal terror attack committed by Hamas on Israeli civilians resulting in the murder of over 1,200 people and over 3,500 injured. Over 240 were kidnapped into Gaza, including women, children, foreign nationals, and Arab Israelis. On October 7th, it was Hamas that broke a long-standing ceasefire between Israel and Gaza. Israel's mission is to eradicate Hamas and is not at war with Palestinian civilians. Hamas, the current government of the Gaza Strip, explicitly calls for Israel's destruction and the killing of Jews worldwide, a goal laid out in its charter. Hamas embraces the use of innocent people as shields, has a documented history of manufacturing, storing, and firing their weapons from hospitals, schools, and mosques. Hamas has diverted humanitarian aid for military and terror purposes, while its wealthy leadership, not living in Gaza themselves, squander vital resources Palestinians need. I'm going to post this. Uh, I'm not going to uh, read all of it, but it comes from uh, Rob Slotnick. Rob Slotnick, the chair of the Jewish Community Relations Committee of the Jewish Community Federation of Richmond. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I want you to take a look at this. I want you to take a look at this letter. Because I think it lays out a lot of very, very important things. And you can take a look at this Studio 2-3 and see what they were up to. And then you'll understand why Mr. Slotnick felt compelled to write this letter. It's an important letter. And it's so disturbing, you know, the Richmond City Council, which can't figure out how to uh, uh, get potholes filled or hold the uh, Richmond City Sheriff accountable or make sure the Richmond public schools are, are doing well. They apparently are very, very concerned, very, very concerned with uh, having some sort of... Uh, Resolution to what? Condemn Israel? Attack Israel? I mean, it's craziness. Absolute craziness. But again, I've got a post. If you want to take a look at it, it's over on the Jeff Cat Show page on Facebook. The Jeff Cat Show page on Facebook. Oh, are not ready for uh, primetime vice president Kamala Harris? She's out again with another doozy. It's amazing to me, the mind salad uh, that comes from her. It, it's just, it's insanity. It, it, these, these words that are just sort of thrown together, jumbled together somewhere in uh, her synapses and then spewed forth like she got a, I don't know, like a bad shrimp at a cocktail party or something, and they don't really make sense. She now says that gun violence is the number one killer of children in America. It's a very good line. It's completely and totally untrue. It's a fascinating line. It's a, it's a line that incites passion, and but it's not true. Now, I understand Kamala Harris, all the good upstanding leftists, they, they want us disarmed. Why do you think that is, by the way? Why do you think it is that they want us to be disarmed? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why right now. 
It's because they want you to be dependent. They don't want you to be independent. They don't want you to do it for yourself. That's the whole point of this left-wing agenda is to make you dependent on big mommy government. They're going to feed you. They're going to clothe you. They're going to give you shelter. You're never going to own anything. You're not going to be able to make any decisions on your own, and you sure as hell are not going to be able to fight back. That's what's going on here. All right. Uh, I want to uh, share one or two other things, including a story that Heidi related to me. She went to get her glasses. Oh, you're not going to believe what happened at uh, one of these chain eyeglass places. Unflippin' believable. I'll give you those details in a moment. You got a moment here, right? Go to WRVA.com. Please get your tickets for Politics and Pints. You know, Brian Kilmeade from Fox is coming in for this one. Very, very special guest. I think it's going to be great fun. You know, I, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to uh, to hang out with Kilmeade. I have. <laughs> Just happened to have had those occasions for the last few years. He's a super guy, really nice, down-to-earth, very funny, uh, and not afraid at all to uh, tell you exactly what's going on. So you want to be there for Politics and Pints again. It's uh, coming up March the 20th. It's down in Hopewell, the Beacon Theater. If you have not gotten your tickets yet, do not wait. It is going to be a sellout. And if we continue tracking this way, as they say, it'll be sold out by Monday. Only place to get your tickets, WRVA.com. WRVA.com. 444, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 452, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. There is a uh, big time Democrat who used to serve in the Biden White House who is now. Uh, sharing with people who are listening that the Biden administration is in the process of setting up roadblocks because they are sensing that Donald Trump is going to win, that they are trying to change the rules on federal employees, trying to make it uh, that much more difficult, if not impossible, for an incoming President Trump to change things. They are concerned. You have got to understand how concerned they are. It is huge for the Democrats. They see the writing on the wall. They understand that uh, former President Trump is leading in every area. The Democrats are hemorrhaging voters they're hemorrhaging black voters and Latino voters and all sorts of voting blocks that in the past have been considered, well, without question, to be theirs. Now, why, why would anyone step away? Why would anyone say, no, I just think I'm not going to do that? Because they're looking in their wallets. You're looking in your wallet. I'm looking in my wallet. You understand you have less buying power. It's just that simple. The dollar you have is not worth what it was four years ago. And and there's no other qualification. There's nothing more to that except that. And the, uh, the guy in the Oval Office right now, well, whether he's really doing anything or not, or he's just this presidential meat puppet, uh, he's responsible. And Donald Trump says, I will get in there. 
and and I will fix this. And and the leftists are doing everything that they possibly can, possibly can, to stymie him. What do you think is more important for a uh, firefighter? Knowing CPR or knowing DEI? Because there are a whole slew of Washington State firefighters and EMTs who are now risking the loss of their license, not because they don't remember CPR, but because uh, they don't go along with the idea that they need to participate in some sort of uh, DEI curriculum. Think about that. Do you want the DEI firefighter coming to save you, or do you want the CPR firefighter coming to save you? Call me nuts, but those are the choices. I'll take the guy that knows how to put out the fire. I'll take the lady that knows how to put out the fire. Uh, I'll take the EMT that actually does remember CPR. I'm not the least bit concerned with uh, uh, what their gender is, what their color is, what their religion is. I want to know they can get the job done. Uh, my buddy Brian Kilmeade certainly can get the job done. Remember, you can get tickets to join us for Politics and Pints right now at WRVA.com. WRVA.com. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA, Friday evening. We have made it. Oh. Congratulations, self high fives all the way around politics and places selling out uh, in front of our very own little eyes. If you have thought about going, you've heard about it now for years and years and years, the great fun, uh, the, the, the humor, the, uh, the fisticuffs, the beer. I mean, listen, this thing is on track to sell out, I believe, by Monday is what we're talking about. It'll be gone. It'll all be gone. It's at the historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell. It's it's March the 20th. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, Fox and Friends, is coming in for it. Special guest. And if you want to go, I'm just telling you, don't mess around. Don't delay. Don't eh, get it later. You're not going to get it later. That's, that's the problem right now. These tickets are just flying out the door. So WRBA.com, WRBA.com. As I speak, we have tickets available. So if I'm telling you about it right now, we do have tickets available, but you got to go and get them because uh, they are just going so doggone quickly. I, I want to just chat about something that it's, it's, it's not, listen, it's not related to politics. And as you, you have probably figured out, while I, I, I care about issues and values and, and, and certain political activities, I'm, I'm not all politics but this this ties into where we are as a country right now Heidi and I both have eyeglasses okay now I have had reading glasses for a period of time you know you just get to a certain age and it was presbyopia or presbyopia or something like that uh, but you, you're you, you're gonna get reading glasses we all are just the way it is and I'm fine with that. I, I, I don't need them for anything else, but I, I like them. Uh, they, they certainly make things easier to read. And I have never had any problem with prescriptions. And I also have, really, for, like, like if it's really dark or it's rainy, 
and I've been driving a long time, that I do have glasses that I sometimes put on. For those, I do not need them, but they do make things a little bit easier. But frankly, I'm not doing a lot of driving at 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a, a monsoon. So I, I don't really wear them all that often. Heidi, on the other hand, Heidi needs her specs all the time. All the time. She needs them for distance. She needs them for close-up. She needs them. And she has a new prescription. And she went over. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna share the name of the uh, establishment where she got the uh, the eyeglasses. But you know them. Believe me when I tell you, you know them. Big national chain. And she went over there today. She had gotten a text from them that said, "Hey, come in. Your uh, your glasses are ready." And so she she went over. And as she's walking in the door. She's, she literally opens the door, walks into the store. One of the women says, oh, uh, we're, we're going out to lunch. All four staff members of this eyeglass place walk past. They, they tell her, you have to leave. Heidi has been there for this pair of eyeglasses. I think this is the third visit over there because they... The, the the actual eye doctor, you know, tweaked the prescription and tweaked it again and did this. So it's not like she's an unknown quantity. And they know all they're going to have to do is literally reach behind the counter and give her her flippant eyeglasses. Instead, four employees, four, say we're, walk, we're, we're going to lunch. Can you imagine Food Lion shutting the doors? I'm sorry, we're all going to lunch. Can you imagine any store of any size, a national chain, saying we're going to lunch? Well, CVS nationally now has pharmacy lunch hours from 1.30 in the afternoon until 2 in the afternoon. I know that. Why? Because I spend a lot of time at CVS. And that's nationally. Every single one of the CVS pharmacies in America is closed between 1.30 and 2. And everybody knows it because it's posted all over their flippin' store. It's on their website. Heck, I've heard them running radio spots saying, our pharmacists get a lunch break, and it's 1.30 to 2, wherever you are. So you know. Local Ashland Post Office, good, bad, or indifferent, they go to lunch between 1 and 2 every afternoon. How do I know? It's right there on the wall, big letters. We are closed for lunch from 1 to 2. This is a national chain. Big, big, very successful. And as Heidi told me, sorry, not one, not two, not three, but four of their staff members told her, oh no, we're going to lunch. Now what would the proper response be? Let's say you're one of those four people. And here comes a customer. And and the customer is coming in and, and, and you do, yeah, you want to go to lunch. You, you've looked forward to going to lunch. But your job is in that store. And I know you're entitled to a lunch hour. I'm not telling you don't take it. But don't you at some point say, well, uh, listen, the three of you go ahead. 
I'll catch up in a couple of minutes after I help Mrs. Katz pick up her eyeglasses. Wouldn't that be the way to do it? If, in fact, you're going to close for lunch and everybody in the store is going to go, is this a regular thing? Is this a national policy from their headquarters? Because it's not on any of the, the signage. There's nothing on the front door that says we are closed for lunch between this time and this time. There's nothing inside the store that says we are closed for lunch between this time and this time. But that's the sort of customer service or lack thereof that that, that we are now seeing on a regular basis. People have told me about how you can tell the difference between somebody who works someplace and somebody who owns something. Let's say, for the sake of argument, you go into, I don't know, you're going into a restaurant. And the sign, look, the sign on the door will tell you when they're open, when they're closed, right? So you're going into the restaurant and it says right there, we close at 9 o'clock. 9 p.m., that's it, we're done, we're closed. And and you show up at mm, 8.40, 8.45. You can tell who the owner is and you can tell who the employees are. If you walk in at 8.40 and they're planning to close at 9 or 9.30, the employee says to you, hey, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, we're getting ready to close. And they send you away. The owner of the establishment, the owner of the establishment has put every single part of themselves into that business, blood, sweat, and tears, says, follow me, have a seat, what would you like to drink? And that's how you can tell the difference. So it's clear, obviously, none of these four people at this uh, particular store own the store. Again, it's a big national chain. I know they don't. Is one of them a manager, though? Could you be a manager and say, well, we're just closing down the whole store? Because it seems to me if you close it down for an hour, you would have to get the okay from somebody, right? Are you being held accountable for profit and loss? Because for that time that all four employees go, you're not making anything, are you? You're not getting any walk-in traffic, that's for sure. Uh, Are you getting people picking up their glasses? Are you getting people coming in for the first time? I I just was appalled. I, I I was blown away. Heidi was livid. Good Lord, she was spitting nickels. Heidi's not, uh, profanity is not her strong suit. For me, I'm like the uh, the dad in a Christmas story. I can work in profanity, much like a uh, prolific artist. But for her, it's it's a challenge, and and just between us, it's sometimes embarrassing because because she'll attempt to curse, and well, she's she's just not very good at it. I, I think it's because she came from the uh, the New England equivalent of Mayberry, you know, just this tiny little bucolic village on the water. Overlooking Cape Cod, swimming in the uh, in the bay, and all the all the doors were unlocked, and you know I grew up in the city, so for me, profanity is is just another part of the day. But that's how angry she was, just livid. And you know what? That ties into the political things we're seeing, where people are not accountable, where people have just checked out. 
where it's somebody else's issue, it's somebody else's problem. And the success of that business, which I, I think if I'm an employee of that business, and, and my job is to sell eyewear and, and, I don't know, make adjustments and what have you, it would seem to me I would want that store to be really, really profitable. Because it would show to everyone, hey, I'm doing my job. I would want my customers to contact the, the home office and say, you know, that person who took care of me, best of the best. Now what's going to happen? I, I don't know, but I, I, I know Heidi was sitting in her laptop when I was inside, so it's, it's probably not good. 514, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 21, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Uh, my dear friend Jamal uh, sent me a note and said, Hey, uh, what about when Heidi stubs her toe? Does her, uh, does her cursing, her cussing get any better? No. No, I'm embarrassed for her. I really am. I, it's just, it's, ugh, it is embarrassing. One week from today is going to be the final Friday of February. I know it's only the 23rd, but, you know, it's February. And so one week from today, we will bestow our Lieutenant Jan McTurn and Blue Friday honor. We have a wonderful, wonderful honoree for the month of February. And uh, you will hear all about it one week from today. Again, uh, 3.30, 5.30 as well. Some stuff coming up next week that I do want to let you know about. Monday is President's Day. And I love presidents. So uh, especially dead presidents. And, and so I am, I'm, I'm taking the day off. It was offered. I'm taking it. I'll tell you that right now. I don't turn on, turn down uh, days off. I like days off. So I shan't be here Monday. God willing, I'll be back Tuesday. But Tuesday, we got a lot of stuff to do. Tuesday, on this here little program, I will finally reveal where the next Jeff and Heidi adventure is headed. Oh, goodness gracious. And it is, oh, you, you, you really are. Honestly, you don't know how difficult it has been for me to keep this a secret. And, uh, I mean, poor Germ has had to put up with me, like, like gritting my teeth and banging things. Like, I just, I just want to tell people where I'm, and I can't. But Tuesday, finally, finally, I get to reveal where it is that Heidi and I are going with you on our next adventure. Oh, and you know the other thing is happening Tuesday. Boy, did I try and figure out, try and wiggle out of this one. Uh, nope. Tuesday at high noon, I will be. I don't know if I'll be arm in arm with Chesterfield County Sheriff Carl Leonard, but we'll be sitting really close, and we'll be uh, sitting with Mike Ivy at his tattoo place, Journeys and Tattoo Studio in Powhatan, at high noon on Tuesday. Carl and I will be getting matching. Special Olympics logo tattoos. Carl is definitely getting his on his calf. I am leaning, just so you know, I am leaning towards the uh, left bicep. All right, it's me. Where a left bicep would be if, in fact, I had a left bicep as opposed to just my upper left arm. But uh, I will, yeah, I'll be sporting that. And, oh... Did I try and figure out a way to get out? Because somebody told me there were needles involved. I didn't know that. Like, I, I don't remember these things, you know. But uh, I called my uh, my surgeon, 
yeah. new hip and the rest of it. He's like, no, you're good to go. I said, are you sure? Don't don't you think I should probably? Uh, he said, no, 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 no. And you raise fifteen thousand dollars or help to uh, <laughs> raise fifteen thousand dollars for Special Olympics? Nope. Sorry, Jeff, you're getting it. So I'll get it, and we're going to broadcast it live on Facebook. It's five twenty six. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA, Friday evening. Yep, we have made it. Congratulations. Self high vibes all the way around. Why is that a special report from ABC? There's nothing special about it. Uh, this is ABC News. We will once again be trashing former President Donald Trump. We now return to your regular program. I mean, come on now. It's craziness, isn't it? I just, uh, well, anywho, uh, lots of stuff for us to get to. Uh, not that many tickets, I would imagine. Uh, gang, just please uh, take my word on this one. While I, I have mentioned to you a, a time or two, nobody tells me anything, which is truly fundamentally true. Uh, they have told me that the tickets for politics and pints are just like literally flying out the door. So if you would, please. You've been thinking about coming. You want to make sure you're there to uh, see our special guest uh, this time out, Brian Kilmeade. you got to go right now to WRVA.com. WRVA.com. Get your tickets now. Why you can get them? Because they're not going to be there very long. If, if we continue to do what we're doing, uh, it could be, what, Monday? Did we figure out, Germ? I think of Monday, the, the whole doggone thing will be sold out. And then you're going to be out of luck. I mean, it's not like we're putting more chairs into the historic Beacon Theater. It, that's it. It's filled up. It's sold out. We're done. And uh, then we just all get ready for it. A couple of things I need you to listen to. Oh, my gosh. I need you to listen to these. Uh, this Fannie Willis in Atlanta. Good Lord, what a buffoon. Who gave her a law license? And, and can you take it away? I'll tell you what. She lied to the courts. That's been proven now. If she's not disbarred post-haste, man, I, this whole thing just needs to be uh, kicked to the curb. Uh, take a listen to uh, cut number one. Oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do have to... Uh, I hate to do this to you. It's Friday. But you know how this goes, right? I, yeah, I watch MSNBC... So that you don't have to. I, it, it is. It's okay. It's okay. You're welcome. And, and with that little disclaimer, cut number one. It's so legalistic centric and yet so important and fascinating. Right. Don't let the legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court. It's, it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. Really? Good. That, that, just so you know, not part of the vast right-wing conspiracy. That is the legal analyst for MSNBC. It's so clear, it's even clear to her. Here's another little snippet, uh, cut number two. 
Yeah, this this has been a bombshell, and it was a slow, a sort of a slow burn. But um, if you if you parse the language, huge, huge issues here. And I want to be really clear: this is not about a relationship between two consenting adults. This has nothing to do with that. It's about lying to the court. It's about potential financial gain on the part of Fannie Willis, and not not even so much. That that's a second. That takes the back seat here. The issue is that her credibility is shot. Um, just as Anthony was saying, if she lied to the court, she submitted something to the court that she knew was false and inaccurate, what else was she lying about? It's a horrible, horrible look for her. I think this case is dead in the water. Wow. Once again, the interest of full disclosure, that is the legal analyst for MSNBC. Were there dissenting opinions? Yes. Jeffrey Zoom and Tubin. Uh, who I think every time he's on CNN, the uh, the line producers have to say, hey, 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 both hands on the table. Uh, he claims there's no big deal there. No, not about that, about about this. But uh, anyway, the, the rest of the people who have analyzed it have said, oh, it's a huge deal. It is a gigantic deal. No, again, not Jeffrey Zuman Tubin. I mean, again, hands on the table, Mr. Tubin. Both hands on the table. Yeah. Hands up, pants up. Good piece of advice. Uh, coming in on the uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line, 833-804-1140. Uh, Jeff, I started listening to WRBA in 1999 after moving here from the beach. Didn't care about politics till then. I am a conservative now because of Rush. That is uh, Daryl from uh, the Chronic Care of Richmond text line. Thank you. Uh, let's see, let's see. Jeff, I'll wager that you could uh, pick any Democrat in Congress, any Democrat, and find ten times more malfeasance than on anything that's been found on Donald Trump. Let's stop, let's start making up our own lies about Democrats. No, we don't need to. You you want to uh, expose these, these, these new Democrats, man, because that's what they are. Uh, by all means, j- just tell the truth. You don't need to make anything up. It's crazy. It's crazy. Jeff, how about if we start a nationwide GoFundMe for Donald Trump? 100 million conservative voters uh, pitch in $35 each. I, I, I don't think he's going to need that. Just saying. Hey, Jeff, what's the podcast name for the retired police officers you had on your show last week? By the way, love your show. The show is called Badge to the Bone. Badge to the Bone. It is uh, hosted by a couple of friends of mine, Alan Sloniker and uh, Denny Prophet, retired police officers each. And Badge to the Bone is a solid, solid, solid listen. And the, you get it anywhere you get your, your podcast. It's on the Odyssey app. Uh, you can go there and, and get it there. I, I would give it a listen. Whether you're a police officer or not, deputy sheriff or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, they just talk about a lot of stuff that you need to hear about. And I think it, it really does paint a uh, a human picture of law enforcement. And, and I'd, I'd urge you to go and take a, take a listen to it. Uh, I just did another one. I, I'm not sure if this one is out or not. Jamie Bain, who writes uh, all the great uh, books, uh, police procedurals based in Richmond, uh, he asked me to come on a show. Uh, to talk a little bit about, you know, this show and, and listening and then my background and what have you. So I don't know if that's dropped yet. I'll I'll reach out to him. I, I, I've read his books. And, you know, I, I mentioned to him that I got a real beef with him 
because in one of his books, John Burkett, my friend, John Burkett, crime insider from CBS 6, he's got a character in the book based on him. And I said, what gives, man? Come on. I'm every bit as uh, attractive and entertaining as John Burkett. I am. Uh, no, another note coming here on the uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line. Hey, Jeff, I wanted to thank you for remembering Rush Limbaugh today on the anniversary of his passing. Uh, playing his theme song was especially touching for me. Rush combined all of the elements necessary to inform, entertain, and create a personal bond with his listeners. Um, the left was jealous of his abilities. Yeah. They hated him for his far-reaching success, and coupled with an innate insight into the left's narratives and agenda. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 what can I tell you? Anyway, it, it's signed. It says, uh, Deb and I hope to see you at Politics and Pints. Okay. Well, I hope to see you there as well. I'd like to see you there. I I warn you, it's going to be like the last time today, and, and by the time we reconvene on Tuesday, we might not have any tickets left. So if you definitely want to come to Politics and Pints, then you definitely need to go to WRVA.com. And you definitely need to uh, click on the, uh, the little link there that says buy your tickets. Just buy your doggone tickets already, you know, and uh, and be done with it. So uh, I, I don't want you to miss out. That's, that's all I can tell you. Uh, if you have not seen some of the, uh, the imagery for some of the things that I'm talking about, because some of the things I'm talking about, I'm just telling you. It is, it's necessary to see the images. I, I do put everything, <laughs> thank you. I do put everything up at uh, The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook, The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook. So I am involved with uh, Friendship Circle, Friendship Circle of Virginia. I have uh, been involved for a while. I, I love Friendship Circle of Virginia. I love everything that they do. And I have signed on to help them raise $10,000, which is actually very, very doable. Uh, and if, if you want to learn more about it, maybe you'd like to help out. Uh, you, you just go to The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook, The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook. Or now that I think about it, you go to the uh, page that says Radio Cats as well. R-A-D-I-O-K-A-T-Z, Radio Cats on Facebook. And I've got the links up there. I'm not really talking about it a lot on the air, but, you know, it's Friday. And I, I just want you to know um, if you would like to help out Friendship Circle because they have helped out. Uh, members of our community like you just wouldn't believe and they're they're just asking for um uh, for a couple of duck uh, bucks that's all a couple of ducats and uh, you could help out so again you'll find those links on my facebook uh, platforms uh, radio cats on facebook or the jeff cat show on facebook tuesday tattoo time tattoo tuesday tattoo tuesday well we'll we'll figure something out but uh, tuesday Carl Leonard and I are heading over to a Journey's End Tattoo Studio and, and live at 12 noon on Facebook. Uh, we will each be getting the Special Olympics logo tattooed on us uh, because, well, we teamed up. We said we would get it done if we raised $15,000 for Special Olympics. And guess what? I don't know if that's the sound of a tattoo gun, but I thought it was. 544 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Self high five. Yeah. 
I tell you, is that not a great way to uh, uh, sort of end on an up note, the end of the week? I love it. And then a long weekend coming up for uh, for many of us. Not all of us, but uh, I told you, if somebody offers me a day off, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yes, indeed. I, I will be very happy not to be here. Uh, not that I don't like what doing what I'm doing, but uh, Monday is a uh, school holiday as well, so uh, take care of some stuff there. And uh, Did you realize the presidential primary is coming up? Was it March the 5th? Good Lord. I, I, I'd like to think that I follow that stuff. I, I really do. I'm pretty sure. Sh- In fact, you know what? I know that I follow stuff like that. And it's it's coming up even for me as uh, as kind of a surprise, but we're almost there. And I I guess is it the overall Republican primary? I'm not exactly sure because I know where I am in the uh, the fifth congressional district. Uh, we've got uh, Congressman Bob Good, who is the incumbent Republican, and. Uh, you know, my buddy John McGuire, state senator, who's challenging Bob Good in this Republican primary. I, I'm i going to have to find out. I, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you. I'm just not sure. Is it the same day as the presidential primary? Goodness. I, I, you're right. I should know those things. I absolutely, positively should know this. And uh, I am uh, just this side of mortified that I don't. So I'll reach out. And uh, Tuesday... I promise I will give you complete and total details. Unless, of course, I have been reduced to a, uh, a quivering bowl of jelly as a result of uh, joining Chesterfield County Sheriff Carl Leonard at uh, Journey's End Tattoo Studio in Powhatan to get the Special Olympics logo tattooed on me. Well, Carl said if he could raise ten grand, he was going to get it. And he did, and you know me with my big mouth. I said, "Well, you know, you can raise fifteen grand. I'll do it." And he raised fifteen grand, so I think it'll be fun. Uh, no, well, maybe, but you'll be able to look. You'll be able to watch. That will be fun. That will be fun. We're going to get together on uh, Facebook, and you'll be able to watch it live. All the 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 good or the bad. <laughs> Whichever way it goes, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Don't even get me started on what we might do next year for Special Olympics. Goodness gracious. Uh, Piercings? Mm, Well, depends on the money, I suppose. Uh, Politics and pints. Gang, I just do not want you to miss out on what promises to be the best politics and pints ever. Now, we've been doing this a few years, and we've had some great people participate but this is the first time we've had uh, Brian Kilmeade come to town for this. And Brian's a great guy. I'm just going to tell you, I haven't had the chance to hang out with him over the years. He is a funny, funny guy. And you will absolutely, positively enjoy his presence. You really, really will. And the only way to get tickets, people sometimes reach out. Jeff, can you get me? I can't. I can't. I mean, God, they 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 don't trust me with a key fob to the building. You think they're giving me tickets to politics of pints? You got to go to wrva.com, wrva.com. That is the only way to get your tickets. And the numbers are showing that we could very well be sold out by the time Monday rolls around. So what you need to do is get there now, wrva.com. Hey, it is Friday. 
It is, uh, well, I always wish you a Shabbat Shalom. If you are here, Breakley Challenge simply means have yourself a great weekend. God willing, we get the chance to do this all again on Tuesday. As you know, since October the 7th, we pay tribute to our Israeli friends by playing Hatikva, the hope.